Hey guys, this is Period Sis, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of things from mental health to spirituality to physical health, sexuality, and all kinds of other So my name is Charisma. I'm a DBH graduate. I have my doctoral degree in behavioral health, and I'm also a mental health clinician. And it's Chevy, and I am an administrative supervisor at a behavioral health clinic. We can't wait for you to check out our podcast. Thanks, you guys, for joining in. We hope you enjoy it. And please um, do send us your requests or your topics. Yeah, whatever. All that other ish, like we just said, you know, (laughs) hit us up. (laughs) Love you. Thank you, guys. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) So what's going on with you? How are you? I'm sassy. Like, um, these have been... Y'all know we said we was going to push out the episode like it was two. I mean, look, see? My mind is not even there yet. <laughs> we was going to push out a freaking episode every doggone week. And these weeks have gotten by us, y'all. We do apologize. I have been, like, super busy. We phasing different chapters of this whole coronavirus thing. And I just was trying to figure out if I'm coming or going these days, you know? I get it. I do. I, I definitely understand. You know, I finished with school and I'm like, okay, things are going to ease up because okay, they have been. <laughs> yes, officially done. And I kept thinking, what am I going to do with all this spare time? And now I'm like, girl, you still don't have spare time. What are you talking about? None. Like, I've gone from out of school to increasing my client load to doing stuff for work like you know I'm doing a lifestyle medicine course that's like 30 hours they sponsored it so I was like well I mean if they want me to be better I'm gonna do it if they're paying for it why not why not so I mean it is a lot and so we do apologize that we haven't been putting out the episodes like we want but you know that's life but we back so we're back back and better than ever all right Y'all, she came down and we um got to do pictures, you guys, which came out absolutely beautiful. Yes. Um, her pictures were so inspiring. Like, I mean, it was such the implementation of black beauty. Like, she embraced every moment, and I was so proud, y'all. I'm, I'm such a proud big sister. Like, it was oh, amazing. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, it's still though, like, you know, so we've been talking, obviously, off the podcast about just being tired in general. So, you know, we we're talking to you guys about being tired, just from doing everyday stuff. But y'all, I do have a therapist, just so you know, you know, things are stable. But you know, I think it's always important to just check in with someone else, you know, therapists have therapists. And I was just talking to her about how I'm just tired like, I think it's emotionally having to wake up every day and see something else on the news, another, Which you know, black I don't watch person. The news. It, but it's so hard to not watch the news because I like to know what's going on, like, you know, in politics and just around me in general. And so even if I try to limit it to, let's say, watching the local news, there's still something that pops up political because so they made black lives political. Yes, it's so depressing though, like, I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't have a therapist, get one. Because 
I am also emotionally drained just by y'all. The killings is just it makes you want to like it, it puts you in this position to where you're so oh you just look at people with just disgust. Like that's that's the point that I'm at right now. And I'm like I don't want to hate people. I don't want to dislike people. I don't want to, you know, look at people in this negative energy, this negative spotlight. But, like, I get what you're saying. I'm tired of this shit. Like, I'm tired of it. It has to stop. Girl. I mean, I remember I was flying home, and I was probably in the Atlanta airport, and you text and said, hey, we should cover you know, this, this other shooting. And I'm like, what are you talking about now? Like, I was really confused. And then I get home. And of course, you know, you start to get on your social media or just get on the internet and stuff pops up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yet again, another incident. Like, I, I just don't understand. And I don't know if it's this political environment we're in that it's become so prevalent. Like every day you see another shooting or something unjustified or- if it's just like if it's that or if it's just the media is trying to get reactions out of people like I don't really know what the premise is or if it it really is just altruistic and like we want people to know what's happening in the world here's the story and so I get frustrated with that too because I'm like are you doing this to rile people up are you doing this to inform us or are you doing this for other reasons like what is the reason right right and it's like, oh, you know, oh. we were we were both kind of in this midst of talking about what was happening um, because, of course, you know, there was the shooting that we had kind of discussed um, that happened with the young man getting shot 11 times, you know, down in his back. And I'm like, who, what the hell is that? And then as we were talking about that, I get a briefing or a, a report that pops up on my phone about a black guy that was shot here in Louisiana seven times and I'm like what the like what is happening with these police like what is the deal I don't know it's it it literally feels like open season and I've said before I'm not a normally anxious person but with the politics and everything going on I find myself being so much more anxious because I'm like seriously if we get our same you know, president and his cabinet and administration in the office for another four years. I just yeah, feel like we're going to end up with a whole, like, I don't know if it's going to be a race war. Maybe that's where my anxiety is coming from. If it's going to be more shootings. And like, I get so nervous because my brother is, uh, and you know, your brother, obviously <laughs> is moving um, to Virginia and he's not been away. And I keep thinking, my brother is pretty mild. He's cool. And I'm just scared for him. And I think that's where a lot of anxiety is coming from. Because I'm like, another four years of, well, I mean, of this divisive rhetoric? Look at what happened to him when he got pulled over. Like, he thought, you know, it's like no black man these days are like, okay, some a cop behind me, shoot, let me just pull over. No, it's like popping sweats, anxiety, what's going to happen? Should I move? Should I not move? Should I say this? Should I not do this? Everything is playing out and you still may have a prejudice or an injustice cop that just feels like he's had enough shit that day and you're going to be the one to pay for it. Like, you know, it's, it's so unfair that this is what's happening. 
It is. I mean, even with the, you know, the situation with Breonna Taylor, right? Oh, girl, uh-uh, uh-uh. We can't talk about Brown because that's a whole nother level of, oh, my God. Like, when you say unjust, I mean to the utmost. And yet there's nothing happening. Nothing at all. There's a million protests. There's a million marches. There is straight, y'all, how do you just, like, how can somebody just walk in somebody's house and just kill them and then nothing happens? Like, that's just it. Oh, you just want, you know, I hate to say this and I, you know, sorry for my followers or whatever, but the way that I see that they see it to put it in their eyes and their vision, it's just one less nigga off the street. Like, that's how I feel because they might not specifically use those words, but that's how I feel. Like, there is no sense in you telling me that somebody was already in custody and then you just blatantly walks in this, you walk into this girl house and kill her and there is nothing that happens to you. No kind of repercussions. None. <clears throat> I mean, but that's very similar. I mean, obviously not the same exact thing, but which is sad that I even have to say that, but with Botham Jean, you know, today is the day that he was killed. Um, I think it was two years ago, maybe longer than that. You know, the cop that Amber walked into his apartment and shot him in his apartment because in she thought it was her apartment. Because she thought it was her. She thought. Right. And let's and, not get it wrong because I feel like um, cops do have a lot of mental issues that they have to suppress. They see a lot. And you know, it's a lot that goes on, which is another thing that I feel like they don't take the training seriously as far as mental when it comes to being in this field. Because y'all know we big on mental health. We big on therapy. We're big on whatever help that you may need to get you through all of this craziness. They're not being trained to learn how to handle crisis situations. That's just the same as we have somebody just the other day, we have a client that calls in and says, well, I think I'm suicidal. And, you know, when somebody calls you crying, what is you, what, what is, you know, if you're a person that has anxiety, how are you going to help somebody that's in crisis? So what you have to do is you take these trainings and you learn how to respond. So what good would it have done us to call the police and do a welfare check on somebody that doesn't know even that doesn't even know and can't explain what's happening to them. So in their defense, I'm going to say this, there has to be mental training that needs to take place immediately. I agree. I think not only training for, you know, mental health, like mental health, first aid, those kind of things, which there are trainings out there, but more um they need the like their own ready? therapist like every i feel like every agency every department should have their own therapist see like i staff. said that too and then our dad had a good point because he was like okay so let's say they get a therapist in there who's to say that therapist isn't working strictly for them i mean obviously we know that's they true that's not ethical or feeding but them the wrong yes like yes, hey this is right. what you know this is what th- this uh, this captain is saying they really want this officer back on the street i'm gonna have to do what i have to to let them be cleared you know because they're working under an administration that is like doesn't really believe in mental health or therapy because i'm yeah. sure there are probably a lot of agencies that aren't quite as um 
modern as we'd like to think. Like right. some people really don't believe in this kind of stuff, which makes no sense to me, but you know, that's another story. Absolutely. I just I just think we especially in the US as black people are experiencing like collective trauma day after day after day. Like first I you mean, have coronavirus. We're gonna be like killing we're gonna be like walking around here ready to shoot. You think it's like they think that it's bad, but it's if this shit continues, it's only going to continue to get worse in a sense that, yes, we are going to be pistol-toting, you know, and it's going to be, oh, I, it, it's going to be a game. Like, I'm going to get two before you get me. Unfortunately, right. that's what's going to start happening, and I don't want to live in a country like that. I don't want to live on defense. I don't want to have to live my life feeling like oh my god what's gonna happen if my baby if my kid gets pulled over what's gonna happen if my brother my husband you know me they i mean they're not just killing men now they doing females too so what Mm -hmm. you know what happens and yes i do carry a pistol it's like but i'm even nervous to even say that oh i have a gun in the car because what what can happen even if you just you know, if they do you have any weapons in the car? Well, yes, I do. And then they blow your head off. Oh, she was reaching for a gun. What? I was just telling you that I had one, and I'm not going to be here to live to help my side of the story. Right, which is a problem because legally, all of us are allowed to carry. If you have obtained right. a weapon legally, then you have a right to carry it legally right. in your car right? without an issue as long as you tell an officer like, hey, I do have a weapon so that they're aware. Like that's, right. that's how it's supposed to go. But that can Doesn't turn around and be used against you in a to, to justify a killing because that cop can particularly not want to deal with you or want another black person off the street. Because that's what it, it honestly feels like it is a race war. That's what it feels like. It does. Like it's it and I think that's where so much is coming from. And like you said, I don't wanna hate anyone. I don't wanna hate any particular race. And I don't, but then I still question things like how can you know, how can people be okay with this? And how can they make something like black lives? Forget the the black lives matter movement, just black lives in general into a political issue because it's not politics for me. It's about morals and values. Absolutely. And like you know, ending a life. That's just like these people, you know, with the Kenosha shooting, right? Um, right. Oh gosh, what's that guy's name? Kyle, who yes. went across state lines and killed, what, two people and, and injured another, wounded another, and there are people out there saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay. And I'm like, but how is that okay to to just do, like, you weren't defending yourself. I don't care what people say. You went out there with a gun, first of all. I don't care if you volunteer. You could be Mother Teresa. You go out there with a gun. You start harassing people. And you don't expect them to get annoyed or frustrated. And then you shoot. You didn't even have to go out there in the first place. That was your first mistake because you chose to go somewhere that wasn't even your city to defend or protect. Like, what? You're not a military officer. You're not in the military. You're not a cop. Why do you need to do that? You're 17. You should be going to school the next day. Because they damn privileged. This is what's happening. They feel privileged. And guess what? They are. Because nothing happens to them. Nothing happens. And I hate to use them and us. I don't like using adjectives. But this is what's happening. This is the this is this is what we have come into. Like 
they can do whatever they want to do and not even police because let's not talk about the guy the black guy that was jogging in his damn neighborhood that they ambushed and shot him down okay because the police chief gave them authority to shoot what says who you ain't even a cop he wasn't doing anything but because you felt that his blackness was a threat to you you shot and killed him and then there was nothing happened nothing now i'm sitting here and let's talk about guy in lafayette because his autopsy just got released okay Um, and as i was reading they did say that first of all there was 17 shots fired 17 shots 10 of those shots struck him okay after you shoot him 10 times what sense does it make for you to go and handcuff him he you know he dead right 10 bullets Come on, man, y'all. Like, what are you trying to... What does it take for you to do that to one person? What are you trying to do? These people can't even have a decent funeral. Like, the body is banged up. And then they say the autopsy reveals that there was no taser or any defensive markings on his body. Um, There was nothing that was done to... It, it was just straight shots. Like there was no warnings. There was no trying to um, bring him down. Like the first bullet they said hit the right arm. I'm sure if you shoot me in my arm, I'm probably going to fall to the ground. Like there is no me getting back up. But you kept shooting. You didn't even give him a chance to sit down. And the problem that I have with all of this is if this guy was mental or had any type of mental issues, they're not trying to deal. And we've talked about this before also. They're not trying to deal with somebody with a mental capacity of any right. sort. So if somebody says, oh, I'm hearing voices and this voice is telling me to keep walking while this police is telling me to stop. I'm mental and I'm not, I'm, I'm paranoid. I'm schizophrenic. You don't know none of this. You don't know any of this. And what do you do? they shoot him down like a dog like a, a, a well like it's like you said it's open season and they're out in the woods just hunting like that's what it, that's what it's like that's uh that's very much like um the young man in Rod- i think it was rochester new york mm-hmm. where he they knew he had schizophrenia and the brother was worried so they called the cops to help because I think he had left out the house and he was naked and it was raining. So he called to try to help get his brother help. Mm-hmm. And his brother ended up dying five days later as a result of, um, I think the autopsy showed it was like homicide and asphyxiation because the cops put a, a spit cap hood, whatever it is on him. Um, so he was mentally ill but they didn't have the proper training to handle it. He ended up, I think, hitting himself hit head on the concrete, which probably had a lot to do with what happened because of how they handled him. Correct. Which is, I don't know why that's in our whatever, like, I I don't know, policy procedures, whatever you want to call it, that you're supposed to, the, the, the police is supposed to be there to protect and serve us. 
that's not what's happening. You can't call them for anything without being terrified that you're going to lose your life. Like nobody can call and say, oh, there's this, there's a fight up there at the store. You know, something's going on. Oh no, somebody's going to die today. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, you know, or something you, you can't, but if I shoot somebody for coming in my house, run up in my house, you tell me it's a chance that I can go to jail for murder. But they can come to my house and shoot me and they don't go to jail for murder. Because they did. Which makes no sense. Exactly. And it's so sad. It's so sad. And I'm tired. I am tired. That drains all. It is. It's everything and nothing. Like we have, you know, you can't, as, as black people, you know, you can't drive down the street. You can't have a nice car. You can't. Nope. want to go to the doctor and have a child because there's a chance you could die a right. higher chance than your counterpart you know you can't go and sell cigarettes you can't go in the bookstore we can't barbecue in a freaking park park like it's so many things where it's like you're literally just scared to of be the black. color of my skin you scared yeah yeah they're, they're scared. our color is a threat to them which makes absolutely no sense because our skin is beautiful and comes in different shades. Absolutely the most beautiful race out there, if I may say so myself. You know what I heard recently? I thought it was funny. And I was like, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I was I was on TikTok and just <laughs> listening to some different things. And one one lady said, um, a girl a girl was talking to her friend, and I guess another lady overheard, but the other friend had told this girl oh you know your skin is as dark as vanilla and the the lady who was listening like eavesdropping essentially was like vanilla isn't dark what are you talking about and I just thought that was the prettiest comparison because everybody okay obviously not everybody not everybody (laughs) (laughs) um vanilla is indeed dark and it is beautiful like a vanilla bean is brown so it I don't is. know where she's like vanilla is white and I'm like no milk is white not vanilla correct that you use to add that flavoring in is what makes it white vanilla <laughs> absolutely if you go and pull a real vanilla bean it is brown indeed if you go to the store and you get vanilla bean ice cream and you don't see those specks in it you ain't got vanilla beans right thank you so let's not go there please educate (laughs) yourselves you guys please do (laughs) Karen yes I um I was thinking like about as I think about all of this then I it also brings up the idea of like intergenerational trauma for me because I keep thinking how is this going to impact future generations like everything we're going through right now as a collective people in the U.S. Because we're all probably experiencing this. Yeah, it feels like they might not have no generation coming up if this is what it's going to be. Which is scary. Indeed. It is terrible. Like, I just, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. I just want our generation to be better than the next. Which, I mean... Granted, I do see that in some of the things. Like some of these young people are doing magnificent with their speaking up and right. talking and 
you know, define the odds, which is great. That actually heals things like intergenerational trauma, that transgenerational trauma, because it's the same thing, right? Right. You change those patterns, you change behaviors for the next generation to come or the, you know, um, the next people that come after you, which I think is so important because we know some of the things that we witness now have been the same things that have happened in the past. Right. But people are supposed to learn from that. Right. Right now it doesn't seem like that's happening, but I think in some ways it is. So there's, there's some positivity there. It's just hard because you see the negativity and it kind of outweighs all that positive that's been happening. Right. And it makes it hard. Like, right. Like the KKK, we know, we know not all white people are racist or prejudiced, but when you have so many voices, like, saying oh but what about this oh but what about that oh your feelings aren't valid it gets old real fast fast. and you're like who can I trust who actually believes this who's going to understand what I'm talking about and just be with me in my moment of need and not negate what I'm saying thank you and you know let me say this first and foremost I have the most beautiful spirited um white people that I work with you know Mm -hmm. they they are absolutely amazing and yes we do have these tough conversations and um you know some people ask me how do you feel comfortable with talking to them because I have to let people know you can't be scared to say how you feel you shouldn't have to be you know and if the person truly cares for you the best thing that they can do is just listen Yep. Just listen. Like, I want you to understand how I feel and understand that this is not okay. I'm not blaming you, but I'm letting you know in a whole that this is not okay. And these people have been so supportive and have not made me feel any type of different or any type of way um, about my feelings. And you need to have those type of people in your life. You know, you, you need to have positive people around you because if I didn't then I probably would be hating a whole lot of people let me say that right it's I think it's amazing when you can have a variety of friendships like cultures backgrounds colors all of that because it really does give you more insight into things and it opens your mind to concepts and ideas that are different than your own which to me is beautiful because it's like oh well my way isn't necessarily the right way right it's just different from theirs from theirs absolutely I um I had a I have still didn't had (laughs) um a really good friend she's also a therapist fantastic too and I remember I don't think I've told this story but we were in our master's program and she sat me and the two other amazing black girls down and she's so she's white and she I don't remember why it came up what was happening at the time but she sat us down no one else was around and she said hey guys like I just want you to know I'm here for you I could never live your experience but you were my friends and it was just a really touching moment because she didn't have to do that Right. And so the fact that she came to us, she sat with us, even if she was uncomfortable, you know, because it's obviously we outweighed her at that point. 
um, or outnumbered her. She, it was just a beautiful moment to experience someone with that kind of compassion and understanding and wanting to learn more about what we had experienced and what things we had been through. Like that was truly an ally. And this was before, you know, BLM ever became a thing. So for me, that was very authentic and heartfelt. Absolutely. All that matters. It was it was great because she checks on me all the time, along with the several of my other <laughs> um, non melaninated, non melanated <laughs> friends. Um, and so I, I, you know, I love them even more for that when they're like, "Hey, how are you doing in this right? In this Just environment? a general checkup, right? Yes, yep. <laughs> right. It is right. a beautiful thing. So get you some." non-black friends if you don't have any and just be open and just like you know make sure you get the ones who are really there for you and not just saying like oh this is the token black friend i have Uh, right thank you that ain't cute that's not cute sis Mm -mm. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) not oh my gosh there's just so much happening right now so much so much oh i gotta ask you now I haven't seen the video and okay. not that it would be triggering for me because my parents, you know, weren't abusive. Sure. We got spankings, but it wasn't anything like extension cords, nothing crazy like that. Um, they just had a video on IG, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was Instagram live apparently of this couple, a husband and it was the stepmom or the dad, and the stepmom, um, essentially what they were saying was that there was a young lady being abused in this video because she went and smoked marijuana i think with okay. uh with a, a friend or maybe it was a stranger to them okay but it wasn't just like let's have a firm discussion let's make sure this doesn't happen again from my understanding it was this young lady um ended up they had her in the garage and they were hitting her in the head. Um, they, I don't know, they had sat on her chest at one point. What? And then he had the nerve to get back on social media the next day when people were like really concerned and trying to find this girl and told people basically like, mind your business, that's not your child, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bruh, yeah. really? Some, let me say this. You, I, I, I'm, I'm like, you can't tell nobody what to do with their kids. How else? However, some whoopings is too much. It's too far. Because I kid you not, if y'all, let me not say this because I I forgot that I'm on a a, a recording because I was about (laughs) to say, if you beat me that bad, you better sleep with one eye open. I'm just saying, like, you don't know what I am capable of. After you just took the life out of me, what? Why was all that necessary for some weed? It wasn't. It for, wasn't for weed. Yeah, I, I think that was weed. it. Was weed, and I don't know if it was a young man that she was with. But the point is, all of that was not required. It's not like th- this is what's wrong too. You have a lot of people that do not have discussions with their children they don't make their children feel comfortable they don't make it feel like this is an easy conversation for me to have y'all peer pressure is a mofo and 
you don't know if she was doing this to try to make this guy like her. You know, sometimes you have to dig deep. You have to talk to your children. You have to have these discussions like, what's going on? What made you want to smoke? You know, is this something you've been wanting to do? Have you done this before? You know, you have to know details. Well, that's, of course, if you're a parent that care. Because clearly they didn't care because you wouldn't have beat her like that. And you beat her because you was hella angry for whatever reason. And you deserve to go to jail. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. And I don't care who like it and who don't like it. You do not beat anybody. I don't care if it is your child. I'm not going to beat my kid for smoking some weed. I might be pissed off. But you have to talk to them. If you beat them without talking to them, they're never going to talk to you about anything ever again. They're going to close off and then you have to be fearful. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's again, where my idea and thoughts about like, you know, intergenerational trauma comes from. Maybe his parents didn't talk to him. Granted, I understand some of the old school things like, you know, you don't question your parents because yes, when there were things like Jim Crow, if you did that, it could result in your death, you know, like my, you know, they're looking out for you at that point, but now it's to the point where it's okay to question some things in a respectful manner. I don't view that as disrespect. I view that as just being curious and being okay. So like, I think that's the problem is some of that same mentality that uh, parents before us had and the parents before them had is is coming down and people don't take the time to learn. Like maybe there's a better way this could be handled. Maybe I should do different than my parents did. But that's so effective in so many different things because that's a racial issue as well. Right. Like it's it's something taught, you know, and it or it's a learned behavior. It's something that you somebody else than than seen do or you've had great grandparents that was uh, supremacists, you know, or, or or they felt this way, you know, like, our grandmother literally has told me stories about them having to sit separate, ride separate buses, drink out of different fountains, you know, and literally, she has worked for so many white people in her life because she does mm-hmm. housekeeping, okay? But we have been so blessed to have really, really good people that she has been involved with. Y'all, these people would give her the shirt off of their backs, you know. And it's all about breaking that mold and having morals and not letting your past or not letting um, situations sway you or have you feel a certain type of way. And it's very hard. You know, and I say it all the time, like, I want to be like her. Like, I want to I wanna have <laughs> that same that same faith, that same feeling, that same energy that she has. Because she, y'all will have to know our grandmother to know what I'm talking about. She Heck is, yeah. I'm like, where do you get it? Like, how are you so forgiving? How are you so kind? How are you so, and, you know, she just smiles and laugh laugh yeah you know and like i don't see dull days on her you know sometimes she everybody goes through things but you don't see it in her you know and she's just been great to watch somebody who has gone through slavery and is still as strong as she is to this day 
that takes a special kind of soul and a special kind of person. It couldn't be me. <laughs> couldn't be me. You know how they say, you know, my ancestors maybe didn't do this, but I got a left and a right right now. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to tell you. I just always imagine, and it's terrible because I, you know, I'll wear my stuff. I'm very vocal. Mm-hmm. So I have like a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and I have um, a shirt that says, you know, like professional as fuck and something else. And it's like, but we'll knock if you buck or something, right? Right, right. And so I, I find myself in this place where I'm like, always, like you said, probably always on defense. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, well, what if this person says something to me because of my shirt? Or what if this person, like, I practice these scenarios in my head. Like, <laughs> How would I react? And sometimes I really have to think, like, what would my grandmother do? Because she would not be reacting like this. She would just give them a look, pray for them, and keep on and pushing. And keep on pushing. That's it. And you know what? That's the point that I've gotten to to keep me from being so angry. Because it's not worth it. These people are not worth my energy, my happiness. Nothing is worth my happiness. I have to find what makes me happy and keep doing that and live my life every day like it's my last day. Like, lesson from this topic today, you guys. Stay strong and live every day as if it was your last day. And every day that you get up, you thank God for allowing you to see another day. You pray that this day is going to be prosperous for you. You pray that this day is going to be a good day. You ask for safety, healing, and protection, and you keep it moving. I mean, that's it. And you're right, because you're not guaranteed, you know, more days. We saw that with Chadwick. Like, oh, my God. God. Let's not even. Like, let's not even. I mean, this dude was silently battling and still was strong every Every ounce of black power was in this guy's soul. Every ounce of it. <laughs> I think that's great that he was able to do that. Not everybody can do that, and that's still okay. But I think, uh, you know, like you said, just just living for you and doing what you can in the moments, right? Being happy or joyful or whatever that looks like for you, I think is important. For you, so, and I think that he was legitly happy. If he was suffering. We damn sure ain't know y'all, you know, what the family <laughs> knew or whoever, baby, they kept those secrets because he was still smiling days before, as his family said this, like it was, you know, if he was in pain, he, he played it very well. <laughs> so to end this on a happier note, right? What are some things for you that truly bring you joy? Like, you know, someone you cope. For me, absolutely, it's hanging out with people that I love. I love a good laugh, y'all. Like, I am so goofy. And <laughs> if that means a good brunch, that means a lunch, a dinner, a little get-together, a little whatever, whatever, I'm down for it. Like, I love being around family. I love being around my friends. I don't have many friends, but my true friends, my little small tight circle, yeah, we have natural highs. We literally laugh for no reason. Like this is laughter is when they say laughter is good for the soul. That is the absolute truest. Like I feel if I had a day like today, I had lunch with my girlfriends that um since COVID, 
y'all we really haven't seen each other so it's been literally months and we would try to do this at least once a month and it's been months since we've seen each other and when I say I had a headache from laughing like I my stomach was hurting I was weak and I was like oh my gosh like this is life this is what we need like you need something to deter you from all of this mess this drama and the negative news every day so for me it's being around positive people it's having a good laugh y'all my my goal is to have one good laugh every day and i'll tell (laughs) if, if whoever give me that good laugh i'll say you gave me my laugh for the day and you know and i say that and everybody, you know, kind of laughing. They be like, "Yeah, Chevy got Chevy and I had a laugh for the day." I have to. I have to get it out. Like, that's my thing. I have to have one good laugh for the day. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So, what do you like to do? What is your happy space? Oh, girl, I don't know. That's so hard because there's so many things I like. Um, a good book. It could be something that's bringing me like more education in my field or just something I'm interested in like human sexuality um human anatomy it could be like I just bought two new books the Jim Crow and mating in captivity I mean the new Jim Crow (laughs) and uh mating in captivity okay um and so I'm gonna read those which I made a conscious decision to buy I've been wanting those books forever so I'm, I'm a little bit nerdy, but that and probably coloring. I have this really cool coloring book that um, was created by a black woman that has like black professionals. Okay. So they're black women who have natural hair doing hair or maybe a black lawyer or a black therapist. They had the book. That was the first picture I colored. Okay. Um, you know, entrepreneurs and photographers, but they're all black women. And that looked like me. So I can color in this book how I want. And just the fact that Crayola has, after freaking forever, but kudos, has uh, created various colors for, you know, all skin colors is really cool that I can do that now. So I've I've enjoyed that. Absolutely. Reading is so fundamental, you guys. If you have moments in your spare time, you know, read a quote of the day. Read a thought of the day. Read something inspirational. Start your day off with positive vibes. Wake up with those positive affirmations. You know, if that means listening to whatever on YouTube, just something positive. Give yourselves the moment to indulge in your own happiness. Find your peace and find your happiness. Nice. Okay. Well, that's what we have for today, y'all. You know how this always goes. If you ever have questions, feedback, anything like that, you can um, follow us on our Instagram page, which is actually now linked on Anchor. You could yeah. also email us at period with a T, sis, the podcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you know us on a more personal level, um, you can always reach out via text or, you know, personal email if that's Absolutely. your jam. <laughs> and let us know your thoughts or if you ever want to join, just let us know. and We'll certainly make the space for you. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys, for joining us today um, for the talk about all that other ish. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Love and peace, you guys.
Bye. Bye. <laughs>